And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Big Football Show, a podcast from The Athletic about Big Ten football. This is Scott Docterman, and I mostly cover Iowa. Today is the second part of my conversation with longtime football beat writer Mark Morehouse, my former colleague at the Cedar Rapids Gazette, who covered Iowa and the Big Ten for more than 20 years. We discussed the best Big Ten defenders, coaches, and some events over the last two decades. I hope you enjoy the show, and please subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars, just like Ari Wasserman's favorite prospects. As we switch over to defense, um, there have been some really good pass rushers um, in the last decade and in this decade. Um, I, I, to me, though, and this is not recency bias. This is just an accumulation of all these years. Chase Young was the best pure pass rusher I've seen. Um, and that's there's been some really good ones, uh, you know, from Whitney Merciless to Shalit Calhoun and Joey Bosa and Ryan Kerrigan, who I thought was awesome. But Chase Young had a different step and a different burst that I think I've ever seen in this league. I would agree. Um, he uh, he was otherworldly, and it was in a tough. Um, I go back to Shalee Calhoun. It's a player that probably passes through time pretty easily for people. But you look, that was a for Michigan State, that was a Big Ten championship team. And he made a couple plays in the in the Big Ten title game that pushed him over the top. Uh I that's a great mention. Um Northwest, I want to feel I feel like Northwestern, but I'm glad you really I'm really glad you mentioned uh uh, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, that's a guy who's still doing it in the NFL. I know probably uh, 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 also a guy who passes through time a little bit, but uh, guys from those programs who matter. And I look at, you know, I was, I was past rusher and it's really, man, that's a, that's a small iceberg. If you're only going to pick two, you got to go Matt Roth, Adrian Claiborne. But, you know, you talk about guys who pass through uh, Howard Hodges. I hope Hawkeye fans remember him and hold on to him. Well, that guy got paid to play football until he was almost 30. And now it was it was it was I don't want to say the Bush League. It's kind of Canada and a few other sort of uh, professional, you know, outposts. But, man, uh, to me, uh, pass rushers and I'm not sure A.J. Epineza gets enough credit from Iowa fans because. Yeah, he was ten and three team, or uh, yeah, ten and three team, uh, clutch, clutch, clutch pass rusher. And to me, that's also what stands out. You know, guys who get when you need the sack can get the sack. Uh, you look at a program like Wisconsin, where they run the three four uh, offense uh, or defense and, or defense. Yeah. I'm sorry, and then oh, uh, uh, the kid was a walk on, plays for the Browns. 
a linebacker who had four sacks against Iowa in 2015. Oh, blanking on his name now. But uh, uh, the pass rushing's kind of changed too in the Big Ten. It's not always the end. It's sometimes a linebacker. It's it's just how defenses roll. And uh, but but yeah, I I I, uh, I look forward to the next one as far yeah. as pass rushers go because to me that's the lifeblood of a defense. Yeah, I mean Joe Schobert, I think is who we were talking about. Schobert, that's yeah, it. That's yeah, it. Thank you. yeah, it was incredible that uh, that day. One of the great performances I've seen. But you know, Wisconsin's had other ones. O'Brien Schofield was was really good in the late last decade. JJ uh, Watt, you know, was on the All Decade team, and I think that was partially, even though I mean his senior year or his last year, I should say, he was really good. But Kerrigan was better in college, and. I'd say Adrian Claiborne was every bit as good, if not better. He was probably more defined. But then J.J. Watt had a couple of plays, like, you know, in what I consider one of the epic games, uh, the 2010 Iowa-Wisconsin game, where he blocked an extra point. It was a 31-30 to game. And he had a sack in, in the late series that um, that changed that dynamic. You put, uh, okay, you put him on, put him on a line now. Who are you taking? J.J. Watt at Wisconsin, Tom Bahali at Penn State. That's a toughie. Uh, for college or pro? Yeah, for college. <laughs> for college, I'm taking Tom Bahali probably. Me too. Me too. <laughs> me too. The numbers are kind of indisputable. He was an all-Big Ten uh, defensive yeah. lineman of the year. Uh, and if you put four college for it, I kind of want to put Mitch King somewhere in there. Yeah, right. For college, uh, I think I think Norm Parker said several times, uh, toward the end of his career, Mitch was the, one of the best they had. Yes, for sure. Uh, you know, Carl Nassib at Penn State was was really good. He he won the Hendricks, the the Lombardi, and the Lot in 2015. We didn't get a chance to see him because that's that was a year that I, they didn't play Iowa. But uh, you know, certainly uh, making his mark on and off the field right now. Um, from the early era, maybe the best one of the 2000s decade was Lamar Woodley at, at yes. Michigan. Yes. Yep. Uh, Erasmus James from Wisconsin, Courtney Brown, Penn state, a lot of great names. Uh, mm. Well, again, probably under uh, undervaluing Ohio state because Ohio state's the big dog. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, um, several house uh, guy uh, Hayward with the, the Cameron Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the new Orleans, and Whitney Merciless, oh, you know, the, uh, Illinois. The one thing about Illinois, uh, pre lovey I want to say, always had athletes. They got athletes there. And, and Merciless, you know, still getting paid in the NFL, really good player. Yeah, you look at those, uh, the, the foursome for the first team all Big Ten defensive line in 2010. And it was uh, Cam Hayward from Ohio State, who's still killing it with the Steelers. Maybe, um, you know, he may end up being a, a Hall of Famer or in like that Richard Seymour category, which is he does so much, but but has so few statistics. Uh, but you have Cameron Hayward, you have Watt, you have Claiborne, and you have Kerrigan. And Kerrigan was the defensive player of the year, and rightly so. I mean, he averaged more than two TFLs per game. That was John Simon, Penn, Ohio State. I mean, um, Nick, yeah. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. Uh, Jonathan Hankins. Every time I go back, every time I see it, and Scott, this game, I love this game. Uh, 2002 Iowa uh, uh, Purdue. Uh, right before he, uh, Brad Banks throws a touchdown pass to Dallas Clark, 
he's getting hit by Sean Phillips. Uh, mm, yeah. uh, 33 and a half sacks in his career at Purdue. Played in the NFL forever. Um, and then you talk about program changers. Um, Jarrell Worthy at Michigan State. Mm, yeah, for sure. And uh, Davion Nixon at Iowa. Yeah, I, yeah. I've personally, I, 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 I don't know where to put. I would. I saw Pat Hardy and it did a great list of his All Fairness team. I still am John Babino over Davion. It, it's it's a hard one because I think you're also looking. I, I think this happens in all sports comp, uh, discussions, recency versus legacy. And Babineau was great on a great team that had an exclamation point. This last year's team never had one. I mean, you know, Michigan had some, uh, had a couple of issues. <laughs> they had a couple of COVID positives and then and Missouri backed out. So they didn't even have a bowl game. They didn't have that opportunity to have that statement, but Davion Nixon, you know, no defensive tackle average more TFLs per game since Jeff Zagonia in the early 1990s. Best so, arms in big 10 history. Yeah. No, oh, I know. Oh my goodness. I, I want, you wanted him on your team just for the arms. Yeah. I mean, him and uh, Mike Allstott would, would be in that category. And uh, remember Chris Zorich from Notre Dame? Yes, the, yes. Same yes. thing. Same thing. But uh, as far as linebackers go, uh, I think – actually, I think the previous decade was better than the most recent one. I think there were yes. – you know, both Penn State and Ohio State had some – Yes. Really good ones. I probably yes. lean towards Laronitis, James Laronitis myself. I, I being a Packer person, I I'm an AJ Hawk guy, but you can't go wrong with those two. Uh, Paul Puzzlewski, Penn State. Yeah. Uh, he, you looked at him. And he said, "Well, if he's not playing football, he's a bouncer, or he's or he's doing something with his muscles, doing something." Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Chris Borland, Wisconsin. I. Uh, uh, People forget what a cog he was in a very good defense. Mm -hmm. uh, Ch uh, of course, Iowa, Chad Greenway to me. Um, the dimensions that he had, the athleticism he had at 6'4", 240, uh, blew my mind. Uh, Ryan Shazier, Penn State. Uh, Ohio State. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Ohio I screw those up all the time. Ohio State. And, and you say I got – you. you uh, program changer and it was just one season at illinois but jay layman was a fantastic football player yeah he was uh dan connor at um uh, sean lee and navarro yes. bowman from penn yes. state they were all you know Kirk just Ferentz's big regret and then you gotta throw like several of the bullets from michigan state on the yeah. list however many uh <laughs> and then here i'm gonna get to a nebraska mention levante david mm -hmm. he yeah. was a fantastic football player only had Two years in the Big Ten, two-time All-League pick, uh, I believe still in the NFL. Oh, yeah, uh, and for Tampa Bay, you know. He's... Yeah, uh, won a Super Bowl, uh, unfortunately. But a uh, uh, <laughs> lot of uh, Michael Maudie, uh, uh, Navarro Bowman, Penn, Penn State had a list. Uh, and I, I, I mentioned Chad Greenway, but you can't mention Chad Greenway without Abdul Hodge, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Josie Jewell, Big Ten yes. Player of the Year. Yes. Um, first team All-American. for sure. Uh, Devin Bush at Michigan was awesome. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, I love guys who have that, that kind of attitude. He was a tough, tough nut to crack. Yeah. And, and I think you brought up Michael Body and, and just the way that he and Bill O'Brien kind of single, you know, 
collectively held that team together in 2012, that Penn State team. And I, they finished, what, eight and four. Uh, they c- couldn't go to a bowl game after all the stuff that they dealt with. And to be able to hold that together, I mean, Michael Motti, I don't know if he gets his jersey retired or anything there, but he needs to have some sort of an award or something named after him because he was just outstanding. I'm blanking on the uh, uh, Patty Fisher, man. Mm, yeah. Um, and and I, I'm Tim McGarrigal. I mean, the it seems like Northwestern are, has cloned Fitz and once in a while gets one of those guys. McGarrigal was a tackling machine. Uh uh, and then Patty Fisher, if Jack can I was Jack Campbell, another rangy type linebacker, six, four ish. If Iowa can get Patty Fisherness out of him, big year for Iowa's defense this year. Yeah, for sure. All right. DBs. Um, there are, uh, as we know, a ton of really good ones, uh, for <laughs> all the teams. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because the best, Frankly, the best player of the Iowa era wasn't an All-American. We'll never have his name up on that press box, but he was the the defining player, and you know where I'm going, in the Ferentz era that changed everything, and that was Bob Sanders and uh, would be a Pro Football Hall of Famer if he wasn't hurt. He was just uh, changed everything. There aren't very many. uh, You can probably enlist them on one hand how many – three-time first-team All-Big Ten players there are in Iowa history. Bob's one of them. And uh, I remember when he – I remember when he first broke into the lineup. He can't, he uh, he punished on a punt uh, – covering a punt at uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Kansas State was a two-touchdown favorite, probably more, and Iowa was pretty hapless in the early 2000s. Bob was a true freshman, came running down the field and laid a hit on David Allen, knocked him out oh, several games. That's not what I'm bragging about because, you know, that's unfortunate. But uh, just the missile, you could see the missile right there, and it showed up again and again and again. And Bob would come down. The, this is when we did the interviews way over on the other side of Kinnick when the locker room, they walked down the stairs and they'd come down and talk to us. And this is also when Kirk allowed two freshmen to speak after games. Uh, Bob would say maybe three words and, uh, and the teammates around him would say, yeah, look at that guy over there. That's where we're going. <laughs> That's where we're going. That's what we need. Uh, senior type linebacker guys, like guys, guys like Grinstein, um, guys way back, you know, uh, 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 Aaron Campman, they would point to Bob and say, we need more of that. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.
that's kind of it. It's interesting listening to other guys that played with him for multi years, like Sean Considine, who played in the NFL for eight or nine years, and Chad Greenway, who was a couple time Pro Bowler, and they all measured themselves against him, and not just in what they did on the field, but also in workouts and every other aspect. And that's how that group became so good was him. And then there was another safety in the Big Ten at the time who was Bob's equal, frankly, and uh, and Mike Doss and uh, at Ohio State. He's the one who elevated that entire defense into winning a national championship in 2002. And uh, so those two safeties would have been uh, incredible to watch. Iowa lost a recruiting battle for Stuart Schweiger to Purdue. He would have been a game. I mean, you would have had Bob and Stuart Schweiger in the back playing safety for the Hawkeyes. Mm. Uh, he uh, Schweiger was all Big Ten freshman of the year. Purdue interception record was seventeen. Uh, Purdue, you know, you don't think of Purdue for defense, but once in a while, there's a guy um, in Ohio. We're again shortchanging Ohio State uh, and probably Michigan. Michigan yeah. has a lot had a lot of good defensive backs. Malcolm Jenkins might have been the best corner of the group. Leon uh, Hall, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. They Dark play West that style. Of, they play with yeah. Dark West. They play that style of defense where hey, you're coming to play corner at Michigan State. You're playing press coverage, and we're going to leave you on an island. And if you can't cut it, next man in. Yeah. And, and those guys either make it or they don't. Uh, dark, dark. When Michigan State is dictating. They have corners who can do that. And Dark West Denard definitely was in that on that list. You know, Antoine Winfield at safety, Malik Hooker at safety. Uh, you know, Imani Hooker wasn't bad either, Von Bell. But, you know, then there's Desmond King, uh, you know, was a two-time All-American, first team yes. one year and second team the next. Um, Iowa was- corners, I would put Desmond and Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. To me, they're pretty – if you're going for, I think I was probably in a top three or five. If you go all decade corner pairings, those two would be way high on the list, in my opinion. Yeah. Jeff Akuda from Ohio State. Um, yes. The Denzel Ward from Ohio State. I mean, they. Jim Leonard from Wisconsin. Jim Leonard. Their next coach. Wisconsin's yep. <laughs> next head coach in <laughs> years. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, there's some DBs. I, I would probably it what's what's fascinating is Iowa actually Iowa and Ohio State have the most first team um selections over the last like 10 or 11 years. Michigan State's right behind them. Uh, but overall, I mean Jordan Lewis, remember him from uh Michigan was was really good. Jabril Peppers was really good as a safety a guy, a guy, linebacker. Uh, I, I kind of gravitate toward guys and programs who helped give their side of the ball, a little bit of uh, identity. Um, Ricardo Allen at Purdue. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I remember writing a lot of hapless Purdue previews, and Ricardo. You know, they have Ricardo Allen and oh, and I'm blanking on the kid, the running back with the San Diego, oh, San Francisco. Raheem, Raheem Mostert. Mostert. Yeah, mm-hmm. those they have those two guys, and well, then yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've uh, they've had like five players um, on both sides of the field that, you know, in that middle part of the decade. But yeah, as you mentioned with them and their defense, when they had Brock Spack as their defensive coordinator under Joe Tiller, they were a dangerous team. They were a dangerous out. They were very competitive year in and year out. They were, you know, as you know, right there, 
I think in seventh and wins in that uh, when they were dividing up the legions, and leg- uh, the ledgers of the legends and leaders back in 2009. So, all right. Who is the best coach of this era? Uh, I got to go with urban. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it uh, national title kind of says it all. Um, uh, I, also, and this is going to be probably a homer call, but I do think coordinators really matter in the Big Ten and especially places like Iowa. And I think Norm Parker may be the best coordinator. Uh, Brock Spack is another really good name, but to, to me, just what he brought to Iowa. Um, I remember Kirk, I think he came to Iowa from Vanderbilt, which to me says, wow, I, he probably wasn't putting up numbers there. But he also had, obviously he had the, the Michigan state background knew the ter- terrain in the big 10. Um, and then Kirk always, his story was always why he hired Norm was Norm had been through stuff, you know, special needs son um, uh, stuff in life. And so to me, I think he filled the, a lot of uh, those early 2000 teams and up to angerers years uh, in the 2009s Yeah. Uh, uh, you see so many guys mention what Norm meant to Matt Bowen, a strong presence. And to me, just being close to that, it's hard for me to not mention a coordinator here, but urban wins a national title. It's hard to deal with that. I would also, I would put Joe Tiller in my top three because wow. I mean, he had Purdue in the cusp, had him in a Rose bowl um, and changed the identity. Uh, I, I can't say enough about that. And, you know, I, I put them on the same line and they're very different people. And I think you'll agree with me, uh, Mark D'Antonio and Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've changed their pro maintained to change their programs. They've kept their programs, uh, completely relevant. And if not relevant championship level for a long, long time, I don't know what you, how you feel about Ferentz and D'Antonio, very different ethics, very different very different, a lot of things, but I would say the results were similar. Yeah, I agree. I, I did a ranking of the 40 hires of, in Big Ten history uh, since Ferrets got hired in 1999 because there have been 40 of them. And I, I think, you know, Urban was number one, and there's no question. I mean, he won a national title, and you, he changed the complexion of the exactly. Big Ten because he forced, he forced everybody else. I, I could – I called the Big Ten, you know, a, a coffee and cross legs conference at that point, which was, <laughs> you know, all the coaches, you know, how hey, don't sit around with our little styrofoam coffee cups and uh, talk about the war days. He shook things up and everybody had to change in order to, to get to that point. And I think we've seen that. Uh, Trestle would be number two. Yes. You know, he's won yes. a national and he was overlooked. Because everybody looks at Ohio State automatically and says, ah, they, you know, they don't need to be, he doesn't mean coach of the year. Well, he won what, like nine different Big Ten titles, I believe, or something like yes. that. Um, I I had D'Antonio third and Ferentz fourth because I, you know, hey, won won a few more titles. And and then I have Fitzgerald fifth, because Pat's oh, yeah. been Pat's on that same level where Northwestern had some ups with Gary Barnett and Randy Walker, but 
he's got them consistent. Now, once in a while, they'll have a big dip. They did that in 19 when they had three wins. And what do they do? I mean, they sandwiched around that with two division titles and Fitz always gets it done. And and without Pat Fitzgerald, they don't have that awesome new facility overlooking Lake Michigan. And they're recruiting at a a furious pace. And I'll I'll say this, I think Brett Bielema gets overlooked a lot because of who was his AD and is the head coach before him. I mean, Barry was, is a hall of famer and Barry is Barry. He overlooks everything. And, but, but you know what, without winning on the field, it doesn't matter who your AD is. You know, he could put the foundation together, but you got to coach it up. And he had 12 wins his first year. And then he, he sunset with three straight big 10 titles. Barry wasn't coaching that team then. Who, who, who rounds out your top 10 there? I, don't, I, I want to hear for sure. Um, let me, uh, it'd take me a second to look it up, but I, I think, uh, you know, number one, you, you know, after, after Fitz, you know, you've got guys like Jim Harbaugh. And to me, that's really an, an interesting thing because Harbaugh is, when you look statistically at him, He's right up there. I mean, he's one like he's like 49 and 11 or something like that when it comes yes. to. Yep. And so um, but I have number six. I have James Franklin, uh, set, seven, Paul Christ, eight, Ryan Day. Hey, you can't com- argue with what he's got. Nine, Bielema, 10, Harbaugh, uh, 11, O'Brien, because I thought what Bill O'Brien did was just remarkable. And then, you know, Fleck and Tom Allen right after that. That's a good list. I, I think uh, I, I wouldn't argue with any of those. Uh, um, I I think uh, uh, yet to I, I would put Harbaugh an incomplete. He's got to beat Ohio State. I mean, that's just the bottom line um, for any Michigan coach. Forget the last name. Um, but you're right. You can't you, you, you can't totally file away this, the wins and success he's had. I do. I do quite, you know, remember when James Franklin was early on in his career, mm-hmm. he would wear his heart and his sleeve on the side. Paul Rose from Iowa State, same way. And so when the game crapped the bed, the energy of his team sort of went down with it. Yeah. And I really think that was evident at Iowa State. I really think that it was evident early in James Franklin's career. Um, I think that's a hard lesson for coaches. I, I think, uh, uh, that's why I think Ference la- has lasted as long as he has. I think that's why Barry lasted as long as he did at Wisconsin. You know, there are going to be games where it's a crap sandwich. Yeah. It's how you wear the bad times on the sidelines. And right now I don't think Harbaugh's wearing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're having their spring game and uh, in a garage somewhere and uh, yip slanty. <laughs> um, it's a very different vibe now. I mean, before when he was new, satellite camps and they were making up rules to to fight against him and he had Saban's <laughs> attention now you know it's like well okay Michigan well we have this thing over here we had our spring and not contentious with the media at every time wear your tough times better Jim and you can it football's a hard game people understand uh, and Ohio State is uh eating your lunch right now yeah wear that a little better than you have been Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's fascinating is, and this is what the the playoff debate is going to, to change, is perception. Now, Michigan has two standards and two standards only. Beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten title. Right. And he's done neither one, so therefore he is a... He, he hasn't accomplished anything there. However, if the playoff field was 12 teams throughout his tenure, he'd be there, what, three or four times. Yep. And, and so then it's not a, a, a negative necessarily. I mean, it is, but it's not the end all be all. It's not you fail. It's not pass fail that there's A, B, C, D, E or F, I should say, on the kind of the grading scale. And so you know, in some ways, but he, he can't have another year like last year. I mean, last year, that team, frankly, quit. They, yep. qu- they quit on him, and and uh, they and whether he may have quit on them, too. I mean, the way that they got beat by Wisconsin, that I don't care who you are, you can never coach like that again, and not another season. So that was that was interesting. But um, as for the, we've, we've gone, you know, we were known for going long on these podcasts. And then I think this, <laughs> this one's probably going longer than we usually do here at the big football show, but, um, I'll just kind of cherry pick a couple more that we'll sure. go for. And, and, uh, what the was game the that never was, you know, where I'm going to go with the game. That yeah, never was. Let's, let's go with the game that never was that you would have loved to have seen 2002 big 10 championship, Ohio state versus Iowa. And um, set the scene on this one a little bit. Uh, Ohio State barely beats Purdue. Iowa barely beats Purdue. I remember watching uh, uh, the Purdue Ohio State-Purdue game in the press box at Kinnick after Iowa beat the crap out of somebody. Iowa was an ass-kicking machine at the end of the year. Uh, I think Ferentz's quote about, yeah, I didn't have to show up to practice. I mean, they, they, were, yeah. they were a going team, and they knew what they needed to do. And uh, that quote, I think, says it all about 2002 Iowa. And that game just was never to be. I think Ohio, I think Iowa would have controlled the line of scrimmage. It would have been a close game. Maybe Ohio State squeezes out an athleticism touchdown late um, where a guy beats a guy somehow. Uh, but I think Iowa would have outlasted Ohio State. Um, I don't know if Iowa would have made it into the national title game like Ohio State did. But I think Iowa probably would have beaten or might have had a really good shot at beating Miami. 
I ran into the wrong matchup in the Orange Bowl and Carson Palmer, my goodness, best quarterbacking performance I've ever seen. And, and, and USC came with a lot. Iowa, Iowa's offense made a lot of off uh, mistakes early that they just didn't recover from. I think Brad Banks finally realized, wow, wait a minute. Uh, the magic carpet ride. Uh, I hit a wall here. Um, but yeah, Ohio State, Iowa, uh, Indy would still be out of beer. <laughs> still be out of beer from 20 years ago. Uh, well, here, you know, I, there, here's a comparison for their last four games. And this is what, how you almost have to judge it. And that is um, Ohio State won its last four games, 81 to 34. They beat Minnesota 34 to three. Purdue, as you said, 10 to six on that, you know, fourth and one pass or whatever. At Illinois, 23-16. And then they beat Michigan 14 to nine. Um, Then you look at Iowa's final four. They won at Michigan 34 to nine, which was the worst loss for Michigan in the big house since 1967. They, they beat Wisconsin 20 to three, Northwestern 62 to 10, and then Minnesota 45 to 21, where they ran for almost 400 yards. Um, some other really fascinating story or numbers, I think, on that was uh, Iowa led the Big Ten in, in scoring offense at 37 points a game. Uh, Ohio State, of course, in scoring D at 11. Um Ohio State was number one in total defense, but Iowa was number one in both in uh, rushing defense. So there was some, or right there with them. So there was some really close um, statistics. They both had a uh, Iowa's victory margin, margin of victory total was 228 points. Ohio State's was 227. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, they had a ton, both of them had a ton of, all Americans, national award winners. It would have been fascinating to see that matchup because I think, as you said, I mean, Ohio state was clearly led by its defense. Iowa was clearly led by its offense. You had what Craig Krenzel is the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Maurice in medical school. Probably rightly. So I I saw him, you know, play for the bears. So um, he he made the right decision after that. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, Maurice Claret was a really good player. Of course, it would have been, it would have been as big 10 as big 10 got. I mean, it's yes. really a shame that that one never yes. did take place. Yeah. Um, because both teams were elite Michigan. I mean, obviously with, uh, Ohio state winning the national title, they proved their medal, but Iowa, you know, their last game was November 16th. And then their, fir- their bowl game was what January 3rd or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe second. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the crazy, uh, I think, 11-game schedule. And then, yeah, uh, I remember uh, uh, Kirk really loving having that Thanksgiving break, and then he had it with that team. I don't think he liked it so much. Yeah, because it, it just took so much time to uh, for them, and then they got slapped on the back a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And I'm yeah. sure he got tired of writing about it, you know, for – for six, seven, eight weeks. And then, <laughs> and then the game happened and then they returned the opening kickoff against USC. And then, then the rest of the game happened. So, yeah, you know, so well, that's fascinating. And then we'll just kind of uh, wrap up with uh, one more and uh, let's, let's go with, let's go with a kind of combination here, best atmosphere and best road trip. So 
Um, I'm going to go to a specific game. And, and uh, again, uh, on the home field, we're going to get pelted with the rocks and garbage. But 1999, Ron Dame breaking the record at Camp Randall Stadium. There was a streaker. I hadn't seen that since. Um, at the uh, Iowa played with a 245 pound nose guard who's now in the FBI named Bart Palmer. Um, Iowa was spare parts at the end of that season. Uh, 1999 was brutal. Um, the transition between uh, Hayden and Kirk was was brutal. Um, and the Iowa was uh, uh, leaking oil all over the place. Wisconsin was a thresher. They had it all rolling. Uh, Ron Dane uh, broke the all-time NCAA rushing record. Um, and then after the game is when it got good. Uh, they brought out the pat. The, the, this is back, Scott, when the Big Ten trophy would be in a home stadium. And I think I, I, I think about the way it is now, and I agree that it needs to be the way it is. But uh, seeing a Big Ten trophy in a home stadium is a big deal to me. It was in, in 1999 at, in Camp Randall. It was huge at Kinnick in 2004. There it is all of a sudden coming down the stairs, people crapping their pants. I remember doing a story that week. Is the trophy going to be there? Is the trophy going to be there? And I think finally later after deadline, I, someone said, yeah, it's coming. Um, but Wisconsin set up a platform. Their new AD it was an, off, an All-American off the tackle on that team, Chris McIntosh. And then all of a sudden the coup de, gra the coup de grace was – Oh yeah, Ron Dane. There, there, there was a quietly there was a a, a a canvas over a name and a number on the uh, basically Wisconsin's Ring of Honor uh, on the facade leading down uh, around the field around Camp Randall, and they unveiled that, and the whole place blew up. Um, so that was a, and I, I think Camp Randall um, is you know jump around. Uh, I'm not sure jump around safe. I've, I've, I've posted on Instagram how many times my coffee's going back and forth um, during jump around. To me, it's, a, it's a, that game and then that amount of energy is hard to, it, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't get the attention that say the big house or Ohio stadium gets, but it's there. And, and, and I, I'm a big fan of the middle level Big Ten teams. Uh, Purdue, when they host Ohio State in uh, uh, well, the, the Rondale Moore game, when they A beat 18, them. 18, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Purdue it seemed like uh, uh, Ross Aid looked different that night. It was mm -hmm. brighter, it was TV friendly. And I love it when the middle ranks have those moments. And to me, Wisconsin produces those a, a lot. They sure have. Uh, they they sure have. And and you know, there's there's so many road the road trips to me are as fun as anything. And especially after not having them last year, you know, yeah. not the fun parts anyway. You know, the small parts where I think I met up with a few people in a, <laughs> uh, you know, at one little. I think it was in Purdue where where it was just like at a hotel bar, and you still had to wear masks, and it was just like, oh man, this is this isn't the same, you know? And I think that's what I really missed about last year was, you know, the, the most surreal atmosphere I think I've ever been in was Purdue last year. When you drive, I drove up to the stadium two hours before kickoff and you weren't even allowed to go in the parking lot. You know, you, you had to wait um, and drive. And so I drove over to that golf course and yep. sat there for 45 minutes in, in my car before I could go and get into the parking lot. And then it's a beautiful 
fall day, you know, the fall foliage. And next thing you know, you know, no, no fans. And it's just like, uh, this, this sucks. You know, yeah. I, I would say Thanksgiving last year was that way against Nebraska where, when they did the wave and, you know, it kind of got to me just because there's nobody in the stadium, both teams turned around the, the announce, the officials turned around and waved, but there was nobody on the 12th floor. They weren't allowed to be there because of COVID. And I'm just thinking, man, it's Thanksgiving. These people are in that hospital and they can't even really be a part of this. And there's no fans there to do it either. But, you know, we, we've had our share of some fun road trips and some wild ones. And, uh, you know, I, I think back to the Indiana game, I think it was 2012 driving back and it was turn back the clock day. And we, we got to the Illinois-Indiana border about one in the morning, roughly. And then we also, and then also it was turn back the clock time, one or two, whatever time it was. And it took us like an hour and a half before we've actually figured out what time it was because we're going into some sort of a two-hour time warp. But uh, that was weird. Yeah. And then having chasing everybody all around Minneapolis, uh, go, trying to find uh, Surly, the Surly place. <laughs> I will say one travel tip for people on the Big Ten Rust Belt going, you know, uh, how was it 74? Mm-hmm. Uh, only stop at chain uh, convenience stores. You go to mom and pops, they're, <laughs> oh. they're going to see some magazines in the rack. They're going to they're going to test your uh, uh, humanity. Yeah. Uh don't don't go there. Go to the the chains, stay on the path. Uh, also, hey, the one thing that one thing that's really changed for road trips in the Big Ten, um, breweries, breweries mm-hmm. are now a thing everywhere in the yeah. Big Ten. Go to those. Uh, so there's a lot of community. Um, there, you're always going to run into uh, fans of other teams, uh, and usually in the Friday night, it's a really nice sweet spot. I think for fans, they've had a few beers. They're they're they have high expectations for the game. And they're everybody's in a pretty damn good mood. Mm-hmm. Um, even in Rantoul, I, I have found out over the years. <laughs> even at the OTB, when you yeah. get a bad beat, yeah. uh, they're like, "Hey, yeah, let's say let's have fun tomorrow." Cheers! Uh, yeah, enjoy that. Chain gas stations, though, don't don't go off the beaten path. You will you you won't you'll be scarred. Yes, you will. It's uh, it's a scary scary thing no doubt about it but well as always mark it's been a pleasure it was fantastic spending this this amount of time and yes we've now set a record for the big 10 football show for the longest uh, (laughs) podcast and uh, we tend to do that uh, and have done that all these years so uh, as always i wanted to thank you our legends and listeners for spending some time with us and adding us to your podcasting rotation please subscribe rate and review us five stars just like ari wasserman's favorite prospects. So for Mark Morehouse, this is Scott Docterman, and we will talk to you soon.